Hello, everybody. Jerry Jones here with the Jerry Jones Direct Radio Show. And um, tonight I have with me a, uh, um, a, a special guest, a very special guest, in fact, not a dentist. So we're going to have a fantastic time here about the next 30, 35 minutes. Um, not that if he were a dentist, we wouldn't have a great time. It's just now he and I can talk smack about yeah. dentists. No, we won't do that at all. Um, uh, with me tonight is Mr. Steve Parker, and Steve is um, is the is with the Profitable Dentist uh, Magazine and the ProfitableDentist.com. Um, and you should know who the Profitable Dental Dentist is. If you've been in dentistry any length of time, you should know. Uh, you should also have their magazine. It should be coming to you on a quarterly basis. Is that right, Steve? Are we quarterly, monthly, bi-monthly? We're transitioning transitioning from quarterly to bi-monthly, and then monthly by the uh, beginning of 2019. Oh man, I love that. Um, yeah, you guys have so much. I mean, look, there's the Profitable Dentist Magazine. If you're not familiar with it, go to theprofitabledentist.com um, and, and sign up and get the magazine. But here's what you get when it's inside. And, and this is why I love it. You get a ton of content, a shitload of content. And that I love. It's not, you know, it's not every other page, an ad. And it's not these short little articles where there's really nothing for you to dig your teeth into. I mean, these are high quality, really excellent articles. And I'm not saying that because my article appears in there. I'm just saying that's what I see in there and that's why I am in there is because of the quality of the contributors. So um, I love it. I mean, and I'm excited to have you here, Steve. Um, I think we're gonna talk about the state of dentistry. Yes. I want your thoughts on the state of dentistry. And um, by the way, uh, mark it on your calendar, Steve, sometime October, November-ish, I'm gonna be getting in touch with you so I can include you in the 2020 edition of the state of dentistry. Perfect. Uh, Sign me up. Uh -huh. I, I will because I'd love to have your because a lot's going to change. Um, I was just I uh, I was just reading a, an article um, about dental therapists and some mm -hmm. late breaking stuff that I wasn't able to include. I mean, at some point you got to cut the deadline off for content. But um, right. there's, there's stuff going on with dental therapists. I mean, the DSOs are making a lot of noise. Um, some hate them, some love them. It doesn't really matter what you think um, because it's all about what you do, right? Um, thinking is one thing, but what you do is everything. So, um, yeah, Steve, so man, let's dive in and, and you're going to join the ranks of, um, some really great folks who, who I've talked to, um, about the state of dentistry, uh, Dr. Mark Cooper, retired periodontist, Scott mm -hmm. Westermeyer, Doug Fettig, CPA with Aldrich, um, Chris Griffin, the three-day dentist, the anti-DSO three-day dentist, if I can say that, Chris, I hope he doesn't mind. Um, my good friend, John Busby. Uh, Ann Duffy, who's a, um, an RDH who also runs DEW -D Life, uh, the dental entrepreneur and dental entrepreneur, I think it's woman, uh, not women. I screwed that up when I uh, talked to her. So um, just some uh, Steve Anderson, who's also a friend of the Profitable Dentist, big supporter, um, and Al Dannenberg. Um, and Al, man, I'll tell you what, I interviewed Al Dannenberg for this, Steve. <laughs> man, the first thing out of his mouth is um, uh, dentists are not necessary. <laughs> you know, going to the dentist is not necessary. And, I'm, and, yeah. and my comment was, yeah, if you don't want your teeth, he goes, no. He goes, the reason why people have to go to the dentist is because of the shit they eat. Right. Yeah. He goes, Absolutely. you know, animal kingdom, there's no such thing unless there's some other underlying problem. There's no tooth decay. You know, there's wear on your dentition, which, you know, I get that from sleeping. But right. uh, man, I mean, just, just fiery people. I loved it. I had a great time. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. So so Steve, um, I would love to hear a little bit about, I think our guests need to know a little bit about you because you have an incredible background. It's varied <laughs> and you've been with a profitable dentist and I think you took that over a couple of years back. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to hear what's going on with you and, and you know, what, what, what's driving Steve Parker? Oh, wow. So Jerry, first of all, I, I really um, am thrilled to be on. Uh, I love your podcast. I love what you do. I love the, um, you're right. You're in the magazine for a reason. Um, uh, we actually have a voice that is, the, we call it the voice of the magazine, the voice of everything we do, which is um, from our founder, uh, Dr. Woody Oaks. Woody, if anybody knows Woody, Woody is a very approachable guy. Um, was just, a, you know, he just is a, a, good, uh, a good dentist, but a great um, sort of entrepreneur in the world of dentistry and came along and, and built this by really connecting with the average general dentist slash practice owner. So, um, uh, one of the things we try to do, you know, we're not a journal. We're not a scholarly journal. I try to keep it, bring it down. I've done this for about three years and, and I, I, I'm very, very loyal and respectful of what Woody started and built. Um, so, so I, I have a theory, Jerry, if something is producing and working, don't, don't screw it up. Tweak it a little bit, 
put a little polish on it, but just fundamentally let it do what it does well. And what we've always done well is connected with the average general dentist practice owner. And um, so as we kind of dive into your topic tonight, I've got some things that we'll share later on or uh, that are um, how I see it. Um, I do have my finger on the pulse of the dental industry, I think. I I like to feel that. I get asked about this topic a lot. I speak on this topic a lot. Um, I think a lot of audiences think there's some magic or I know some super secret inside. Uh, I've worked... um, I came from the business world. Uh, I actually owned a company that did telecommunications infrastructure, which sounds really awesome. Um, and all it really means is at a time when uh, I was looking for my phone, at a time when these things came out, uh, these radios, um, uh-huh. which is still a radio, according to the FCC, it's not a phone. A phone is a thing you plug into the wall and there's all kinds of FCC regulations about. Um, I built the infrastructure to make those things work. I owned a company that, that put up that powered the towers and that sort of thing. So yeah. um, I also was involved in the, in the restaurant equipment industry when, uh, believe it or not, I'm going to date myself a little bit, when the, uh, I worked with McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken, which is a local company, KFC. My kids don't even know what Kentucky Fried Chicken is. It's KFC. Uh, <laughs> and it, it literally is across the river. I mean, it's five miles from here. Um, but if you say Kentucky Fried Chicken, they'll look at you like you have two heads. They don't even know what that is. So you say KFC. <laughs> Um, but I worked in that industry when it aggregated and when the Berlin Wall fell and they started expanding into Europe, you know, I was involved with the growth of that industry and had a company that did that. So about 15 years ago, I got involved in dentistry in a backdoor way. Um, uh, I got out of a, I sold a company, did pretty well. And I had a friend uh, who said, whose wife was a dentist. And uh, I still tease him to this day because he said, I said, I'm retiring from, from telecom. I'm going to do something different. And I've done different businesses. And what I understand is business, how to put a business together, how to see that it works, whatever it might happen to be, do a little bit of investing with companies and startups. And, you know, I like to feel like I have a feel for why they work. And one of the reasons they work is you have a model. And uh, he said, um, you need to uh, get in the dental, work, dental business. Uh, specifically the dental lab business. And his wife's name is Sarah. And we were, you know, we were, uh, went to college together. He said, all I know is they're expensive. They're one of our biggest expenses and Sarah hates them all. So I started buying dental labs and that's how I got into the dental business and sold most of those off. Um, And uh, from that, I had a lot of dentists who couldn't pay their bill. And, you know, when I get into this, I think, gosh, these guys went to a dental school. They're, they're smart. They're, you know, they got a great location, all these things going for them, but they can't pay a lab bill. So we would sit down and have a conversation. I would say, you know, I'm not going to kick you out on the street, but, but, you know, I don't understand. You owe me a lot of money and I'm not cutting you off. I just don't understand it. Help, you know, I'm a business guy. Help me understand that. And so the first answer is, oh, everything's okay. We've got a temporary blip. Well, it's not okay. It's been this way for five years or 10 years or whatever. And it just wears them down. And and so one particular day I was having lunch with a guy who was in this situation and he, he did this, you know, everything's great. A minor tweak. My front office person was a little bumpy. And once I get her figured out, it'll be fine. And I'm thinking, no, it won't. You know, so we kind of talk about some numbers and suddenly this guy just broke down. And I mean, it was, it'd been like welling up in him. And I later found out, I mean, he'd been struggling for years. He was a young guy, got out of dental school. He didn't expect all this crap. And um, he wouldn't tell his wife. And he was, you know, on the edge of bankruptcy. And this was in the days when you got a credit card offer in the mail, you know, three a day. So, you know, he's putting payroll on credit cards. And so that's how I got into consulting uh, was, okay, let's back up, look under the hood. I'll help you. I'll charge you a little bit you know, for my time, but let's get you on track. So I probably did that for, I mean, a, quite a few dentists and it was informal. I, you know, I didn't even know what coaching existed. Um, right. And so I kind of met Woody that way. We did a little bit of business together. Woody got kind of, um, Woody had some health problems, still has some health problems. Mm-hmm. And out of that, I said, you know, I'm, I'm selling these businesses. That's kind of what I do. I, Jerry, I create a artificial thing. I tell my wife, it's one way to get stuff in the house fixed. Let's have a party. And we'll work like hell for two weeks to get, you know, stuff fixed in the house. I, I, so I create this artificial deadline and I told Woody, I'm looking for the next thing. And he said, you know, the magazine does well. 
we're still printing, it's struggling. We're getting, you know, our, our subscriptions are down, our readership's down. I asked how much he did online and he said, well, I'm not sure. And, you know, he, he'd had his time, he'd done his thing. And if it was a dental practice, he had been a good dentist for 40 years, but now it's time to pass it on. So that's how I really got into this. I loved it, done it three years. We're expanding dramatically, expanding readership, expanding content. And again, one of the things I wanna stay very, very focused on is, is the, the dentist who built this industry. And it means they went to dental school, 87% of them own a practice. Um, you know what percentage of Americans own, a, own their own business? About 13. And 50% of them fail every 18 months. Uh, that's just Americans. That's people. Um, like the, the percentage of Harvard MBAs who, who start their own business is like 9%. 50% of those fail every 18 months. But 87% of docs who are coming out of dental school with zero education started their own business and struggled and failed. So I think to, to kind of bring this to your topic of the future of dentistry, what I think is happening is, number one, I think practice owners are getting smarter. Um, I speak on a practice owner mindset versus a dentist mindset. You train four years to be a dentist, you know everything there is to know about it, and boom, you're popped, kicked out in the world. I mean, seriously, there, I mean, if you go to law school, there's only about 12% of lawyers who have their own practice. You know, 88% of them go work for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, because it just works. Employee, the employee part works. Maybe they're an associate. Maybe they do their own thing. But in dentistry, it's just assumed you'll work for yourself. So I think there are several things happening. One is, I think the, the, the career models or the ownership models are changing dramatically. And I think we are still in a little bit of a Wild West phase. Um, I, I consulted early on with a lot of DSOs when they were small. Um, and by small, I mean, they had 200 offices. Now they have 700 offices uh, or they had 50 and they wanted to grow to 150 or 200. It doesn't mean that I'm the enemy. You know, I'm not going to the dark side, but that's a very valid business model. And mm -hmm. that didn't exist a generation ago. You didn't even have that option when you came out of dental school. You, you didn't have the option of saying, you know, I love being a dentist. And I really don't want the headaches of payroll. I don't want, I don't like conflict. And I got news for you. If you don't like conflict, you do not want to own a business and have employees. It is part of the package. Um, it, you know, I love my kids, but if you don't like to argue, don't have kids. Because, yeah. you know, they're, you know, about 13 or 14 to about 22, where it's just, I mean, I don't care if you say, you know, hey, I've got the, I found this hundred dollar bill. Do you want it? They'll say, yeah, you gave him 200 or you know, <laughs> arguing about anything. Yeah. Business. You, yeah. you, you come in all fired up to do something and man, you just get shot down. So one of the things I think that's very, very promising to me is you've got a lot of new career paths you can take. Mm -hmm. And some people, you know, you and I both understand are just not cut out to be a business owner. Um, yeah. I think it has resulted in very high, bad stuff rates in dentistry, divorce, suicides, bankruptcies, uh, way higher than national averages. And so I think what a DSO can offer is a career path that says, listen, you can be a great dentist, you can make good money. The ones that I know that do very well have a very strong ESOP, an employee stock ownership plan. They put your name on the door, they'll take care of everything for you. And it's a very good model. I think, you know, you and I have spoken before about franchise models. I think there are a lot of models that a person who wants a, a great degree of independence um, uh, can start their own business and have somebody else take care of the business piece of it. Somebody that does it professionally and does it for lots of other people. So that's one of the things is I think we're going to change our view of, of um, an ownership model. And one of the things, I did an article in the magazine uh, two years ago about one of these conferences. There were 250 attendees. It was husbands and wives in their 30s. They're, you know, you go to this thing, it's a DSO conference and a small DSO conference, and you expect a bunch of MBAs and, you know, suits and ties and vests. Um, and it's not. It's people that look like, you know, a couple who's running their own business. It could be, it could be anything. So, the face of what a DSO is, uh, I think, is changing. And I think a lot of docs who finally get over the fear of this 
understand that DSO just means an ownership structure. That's what it means. So with all due respect to my good buddy, Chris Griffin, it's a, I think the mindset you have to change is there's DSOs who are gigantic things. And, you know, it's like Walmart. There's only one Walmart, um, yeah. you know, and yes, it's a monster and it'll gobble up. You know, I remember when it gobbled up pharmacies and it gobbled up all yeah. these little businesses. But, you know, those things came, have come back in a better way, I think. They're more attuned to their customers and clients. They understand you better. They, have, they provide better customer service. They have, they have a better connection. You are not, I got news, you are not getting that at Walmart. Um, yeah. You know, there are things that are great at Walmart, but <clears throat> there are things that aren't so great. And customers figure that out. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not afraid of DSOs. In fact, I think that, that it provides a great career path for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, well, you know, based on, based on what's happening with the, the demographic shift in dentistry, Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I cover in the state of dentistry in the paper that, that I just released um, is uh, there's this massive change of who's enrolling in dental school. Right. Um, and Duffy um, indicated that it'd be 60 some percent of, de- of dentists graduating will be female by 2025 or 2030. Um, uh, at least. Yeah. You know, 80% of those are going to go to work for DSOs. And that's just the right. number. 20% will go into private practice. 80% will go work for DSOs. I agree. And, I agree. and I think, and I think that's one of the reasons why DSOs are are becoming as popular as they are. Is that it, you know every industry undergoes changes. They can't just remain static, right? They can't. And that's just not how that's not how anything works, right? You grow and you die. You're born, you grow, and you die. Every business has that evolution. Um, what's what's hot and bothering? Uh, what's you know what's hot on the S and P five hundred today probably won't exist in five years. Um, yeah. and the speed of change has increased. So the speed of failure, the speed of burnout, the speed of everything has increased. So I think this is a trend. This is just another trend. This is, you know, this but here's is the uh, beauty of it. Here, here's here's yeah. the great thing about America. Okay. <laughs> great thing about being a business owner in America. There is a place for everybody there. Mm-hmm. I always say there's a, pl- I live in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, damn it. We don't have a Ferrari dealer here. Um, now I'm not going to buy a Ferrari, but if I wanted to, I'd have to travel to Chicago or so. I think I can, I think that's the closest dealer. The reason is there aren't enough Ferrari buyers to support a Ferrari dealership here. So if I'm a dentist, I need to understand those things. The fact that I love Ferraris has nothing to do with the fact that I'm going to suck at a business selling Ferraris because there are no customers here. Right. So I have to learn the evolution of business like that. So I think you're right on, Uh, you know, it's interesting that in 1980, which, you know, I'm going to date myself. That doesn't sound like long ago, but, you know, That's like, me. No. holy cow, did they even Reagan, have, like, baby. Reagan was president back right, then. There you go. Yeah, yeah see, I was alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I was out of high school in 1980. <laughs> I, was, I was not. <laughs> Almost. 3% of dental school graduates were women. Three. As of this year, 51% of the 6,000 dentists who will graduate from the 63, I think, dental schools in America now are women. So what happens is you, are, you, hit, you hit a nail on the head because what I work with with DSOs, this has been talked about for 10 years and I know of. You have um, women who come out to be a dentist and this isn't a sexist thing, but you know, they're the only ones who can have babies. And while you know, I, I, I think it's a great thing, I'll never know what it's like to, to have a baby and all the things you go through, they have a baby. Uh, now, they still have dental school debt, and they have uh, all the things that come with that, and they still want to be a professional, but they can take six months off or a year off and say, you know, I want to spend time with my baby, and then I come back to work. That is perfect for both of them. The DSO says, hey, we're glad to have you. We want you to practice. You're a really great dentist. We'll help you keep up your skills and your CE in the meantime. Enjoy your time off, and we'll put you in in you know Eastville office over here. When you come back, it might not be Eastville office, it might be the Southville office, but we'll work to get you back there where your patients are. And if you don't wanna come back, that's fine too. Um, yeah. I see another trend that a lot of um, women dentists end up just saying, I'm, I'm gonna do hygiene. Uh, pay off my dental school debt, life's good. I don't want the pressure of the, the dental part of it. I, you know, I want my back and my eyes and my hands and my elbows to be working 30 years from now. I'm going to do hygiene. And they work out very, very, very well. Um, when they decide to come back out the, and, and they want to do a longer agreement, a DSO will say, hey, we'll put your name on the door. We're thrilled to have you. We'll help you become an employee owner 
And when you retire 20 years from now, you know, you've left every day at five o'clock to go see your kids play soccer. And you've gone to every school play, you know, and on the weekend, you didn't have to stay in the office, you know, doing the books or 941s to make sure your tax payments were up to date. Uh, and you got a big fat retirement. So I think that you're, you're right on the, the female influx into dentistry really changes that, that supply and demand dynamic. Um, <clears throat> thing that it changes is what I see is um, the oral systemic connection. And what I mean by that is in a, in a product sense, what is a dentist? Uh, you know, I don't think it's a year or five years or 10 years, maybe in 20 years from now, but I see enough involvement in an oral systemic connection that are real and not only real, but there's a demand for it. So, you know, there's a lot of complaint about millennials. I always tease and say, I own five of them. Um, <laughs> Gary, there's shit that they're interested in that I can't even imagine. Uh, it's just so, about Gen Z, by the way. I've got two of those. So yeah, they, you know, and and I love them all. But trying to have a conversation sometimes, I'll think, you know, they've got a friend who is working really hard and going to school and going to be the the you know the top barista in you know this end of town. And I'm thinking, okay, how about college and a degree in accounting or something? They don't think that way. So. Right. Um, so they want to be connected to something like that. So there is a, so you can do what you do in dentistry now. Um, and they are just not going to connect with you in the way that they've connected with you. But when you yeah. introduced more um, whole body health things, and, and it is a, it is a, uh, there are scientific tests and facts that show you can diagnose certain conditions in a person in their mouth. Everything you eat, everything that goes into you goes in through your mouth. It leaves a trail. The, the bacteria in there, we don't even know what's in there. We're still trying to figure it out. So I think the evolution of that is not, you know, hocus pocus and hoodoo. I, I think it really is a genuine thing. So from yeah. a dentist, if you were, you know, if you were a dentist 50 or 60 years ago in the 60s and somebody was talking about the fancy new hygienists that come in and clean teeth, there are a whole bunch of dentists who said, what the hell? Why? You know, what am I going to pull if they're keeping them their whole life? You know, my denture sales are going to drop. What do I want to be doing hygiene for? Right. Uh, I think that same evolution is happening today. So somebody suddenly figured out, well, number one, there's from a business perspective, there's a lot more business to do if we do, if we do hygiene and we talk to patients about keeping their teeth their whole life. And we say, well, I'm sorry, you couldn't do this, but we can do implants and we can do all these things. It, the, the whole technology of it just keeps evolving and growing. I don't know where it's going. You know, uh, Kodak sure as hell couldn't have predicted the digital camera, but it put a hundred and something year old mega kajillion dollar organization literally out of business. They don't exist. They exist as a brand. They don't exist as a company. And so I think the same thing evolution kind of happens here. Yeah. I don't know where it goes, but I know it's real. And I mean, I, I know that customers slash patients connect and want it and respond to it. And I've been in practices that just are astonishing. You know, we've talked for about the, the um, uh, lifetime value of a, of a patient. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you the lifetime value of a patient who you go to, who, who comes in twice a year and gets an oral cancer screening and is screened for predisposition to uh, heart and stroke, heart, uh, heart attack and stroke, a predisposition for certain cancers. Now we can predict, I think pancreatic cancer, there's a certain, uh, bacteria you can now look at and say, yep. that elevates, you know, you're, you, you know, you have a, um, you're, it's a marker that says you may have uh, on early onset pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, you know, uh, I'm not the scientist behind it, but I know that if, um, if the customers slash patients want to come in and they feel better about that, they are not getting it at their position right now. It's just not no. their physician no. and say, this hurts, this is broke this is a leaking, this is whatever, fix it. The physician fixes it, ends that visit and says, anything else you wanna talk about? And they think, yeah, I'm just glad to get that fixed and get the hell out of here. Yeah. So who knows what that's gonna cost? So yeah. I think this as a, as a way to expand how patients view you offers tons of opportunities that we don't even know yet. Yeah. But if you're not in it, you know, a journey of a thousand, what do they say? Journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. 
Yeah. I don't know how I'm getting there a thousand miles from now, but I know I, I'm on the right road. So those are really probably the two, um, uh, I have wrote down a couple other things about world systemic health. I mean, a lot of things like sleep. I mean, food as medicine, uh, culinary medicine, which is a huge thing. The, the food that goes in your mouth and hangs around in there and sits in there all day before you brush your teeth, it does a lot of stuff. You're exactly right. You, you know, animals don't have this problem. So it's something about what's going in our, in our mouth that's rotting our teeth. And if you want to extrapolate that or extend that a little bit more, it also goes into your body. Right. And, you know, I, I have a good buddy that'll, you know, we, we kind of, um, over 40 years, we've had diet competitions and, uh, you know, we'll start to eat good things and then bad things today. In fact, we went to lunch today and it was either this big nasty bowl of chili or a salad and we voted and picked a salad. Um, that's but, big of you because man, I, I would have been the chili when faced with it's a salad. Chili. It's like, you know, so he'll look at that and he'll say, you know, that shit goes in, it'll never come out. <laughs> that's very true, man. It's so true. Well, and we've, we've thought about, you know, from, from in dentistry, I think we've thought, you know, docs, physicians will take care of that. And if something breaks, they'll take care of it. But what if you could do something to a patient who's in the chair twice a year, not reactively, not when you broke something or, or hurt something, but twice a year for proactive care yeah. for hygiene. And yeah. you could find three or four other things and say, listen, I can't treat this, but you've got a marker for pancreatic cancer. Any history, you know, in your family. And you say, yeah, my grandfather died of it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to write your referral slip and, you know, I'd suggest you go get that looked at as soon as you can. Yeah. That, was, that was seconds or minutes. And you've got a loyal, loyal, loyal patient in a different sense than, okay, I'm going to bring them in twice a year to clean their teeth and hopefully they need a crown or hopefully they want implants or, you know, veneers because I'm looking at that new boat this year. And, you know, you, you just change the mindset of what you're there to do. Plus, yeah. if you have millennials, if you don't like millennials, you're not going to have patients or employees ten, for the next 10 years. So you yeah. just better get used to what they connect with and I think this is what they, this is a thing that resonates very, you know, very much with them. So. Yeah. Well, to your point about, about the health side, that um, <clears throat> American, like AOSH, American Academy of Oral Systemic Health, um, Dan Sindler, I think one of the founders of that organization. Yep. And I've known, I've known of Dan. I met him once long time ago, years and years and years ago. And um, one of the, one of the things that has just happened just this year, 2019, uh, to date this podcast, if you will, mm -hmm. um, is I was interacting on LinkedIn with uh, Dr. Keith LeBeau. He's the dental director for Connecticut, New Jersey for um, Delta Dental. Uh, this year, he finally was able uh, to get approval in, I think it's in Connecticut. I think it's coming to New Jersey shortly, but approval for reimbursement on A1C testing. So yes. now, I mean, this is right up the alley you're talking about. Now, dentists in Connecticut can actually get reimbursed. I think, I don't remember the details. I think it's twice a year. Um, for A1C testing. So, um, you know, in, in a conversation I had with Keith, we did a, we did a long conversation on this and we talked about, you know, blood pressure. Not every dentist is checking blood pressure. Well, goodness right. gracious. I mean, if you're opening up a tooth and you haven't checked blood pressure, that's like to me, and I'm not a dentist. So take this for what it's worth. That's malpractice, baby. I mean, that's, that's like headed down the road of making some big mistakes. Cause if I blow up on you, you're host, right? I'm going to own your, it's pretty right. much what's right. going to happen. If I get saved, I'm going to own that practice. Right. And trust me, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even lose a second of sleep over it. If that's, if that's a, you know, an error on the dentist's part and, and a patient won't either. So we, we talked about, you know, blood pressures that like a no brainer should be taking the blood pressure every single time a patient shows up. That is a, that should be a standard of care. The mm -hmm. A1C testing. I mean, imagine the doors that opens up because high blood pressure is a, is a first indicator, right? Now right. we layer A1C on top of that. Now we layer another test on top of that. And pretty soon with one, uh, with one pinprick or one saliva swab, we have a, an entire panel of, hey, watch out for this, watch out for this, watch out for this. You mean, I thought I was at the dental office. I didn't know I was at a physician's office. No, right. welcome to the new dental practice. Well, um, Kaiser Permanente, is a, um, they're, they've been around here in Oregon and Washington for years. They were started by um, Kaiser, right? Kaiser uh, Steel. Kaiser Health. Uh -huh. Yeah, so he developed a healthcare organization to support his workers, so, you know, so he, so he can take care of his workers. At least that's the story. I don't know if that's real or not, but that's the story. So they have always been integrated, you know, having physicians and dentists all in one location. That's like been their thing, right? Well, now that they've been sharing data, 
And where this is all going, of course, is outcome-based dentistry. If you want to get paid, there better be a good outcome. Right. <laughs> you know, we're not just doing this for fun. If well, you're going to periodontal maintenance, we better right. see some regrowth or we better see a stopping at least of, uh, you know, of the, re of the diminishment right. of gum tissue. Right. I'm out of my league in all this, but, but oh, no. that's, that's reality. I think that's where we're going. And, and if you're going to, if you want to be a great dentist, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, and retain your patients, you're going to have to step up and become a true physician of the mouth, as so many have advocated to be called. Right. I want to be called a physician of the mouth, a POM. Well, here's your chance. I mean, it's coming. I mean, it's more and more. These I, days. I think you're a, I think it's a physician of the entire body or it's a, whatever the language is. And you mentioned Steve Anderson, you know, my good buddy, Steve Anderson is, has been doing this for a long, long time. And he has, uh, you know, if you ever get the chance to hear his story about airway, I mean, it's very compelling. He, he almost died. Um, and he found out about it sitting in a chair getting a hygiene visit. Um, yes. So he, when he talks about it, I mean, he means it firsthand. So, yep. But um, one of the things that comes out of that is it's not just the mouth. It is all of you. And you, you, hit, a, you hit on something very, very important. Um, the medical community struggles, I think, to some degree right now um, to respect what dentists do in this arena. And I think that's sad, misplaced, and I think a lot of physicians will regret that 10 years from now. Uh, the science proves it, the common sense proves it. And so the reason I say this is, this is from medical insurance. You know, at the end of the day, uh, people will do what the insurance company pays for, for, for the most part. So health insurance companies are right now, and, and you'll, you'll see this in um, several articles in our magazine coming up, and, um, that are about how, how healthcare companies are sampling and trying things. They don't want to get into dentistry. You know, Humana doesn't want to open dental practice practices, but what Humana wants to know is, hey, if we do this test you're talking about, how many heart attacks could we prevent? That's right. If we could prevent 50,000 heart attacks, the outcome is 50,000 fewer heart attacks. So hell yeah, we'll spend a few bucks to stick this test in some dental practices. And when the numbers come back and it works, which it is, um, right now, um, whatever the science is behind it, the outcome is heart attacks, these risks drop. If, if you have, uh, especially with things like early onset diabetes, asymptomatic diabetes, you, you can find from a swab in the mouth before any, before this person has any symptoms at all, they are not going to the, their physician, uh, even if they're getting an annual physical and nobody's looking for diabetes. They're 47, they're way too young, they got whatever, whatever, whatever. Nobody's looking until there's a symptom, which is way too late. But you can, right. you can find that in a hygiene visit inexpensively. So you think somebody like a Kaiser or Humana isn't saying, wait a minute, for a $50 test, we can figure this out and, and we can attack diabetes in, I don't know, they deal in millions and millions and millions of patients. And at, you know, a, a couple of percent of a few million patients who now have diabetes treated before it becomes too late is, is billions of dollars. So the, one of the reasons this is real is that the money that pays for all of it is realizing that the outcome is less money that pays for it. We're paying, if we're paying for more tests at, a, at a, what we call a dental office uh, during a hygiene visit, and it means we're paying for fewer chronic diabetics or we're paying for fewer heart attacks and strokes, they're all over it. So I can tell you from, with firsthand experience from, you know, our articles and the things that are in our magazine and our interviews, um, it is very high on the radar of people who spend billions of dollars on healthcare, on medical healthcare. So I also believe that, you know, you, you, you really, you kind of struck a nerve there. The, the, I think medical and dental insurance, which has been separated for so long, the coding's different, that what we're looking for is different. It's just, di it's just a different thing. Uh, that will, I think, merge because of oral systemic health. And I think health insurance companies will stop looking at dentistry as a supplemental benefit and say, okay, primary you know, dentures, crowns, that kind of stuff, that's supplemental. <clears throat> but the, the oral systemic diagnoses or testing or evaluation part of it, that's not. So we're going to cover all that. Yeah, and hygiene. And yeah, hygiene. preventative. Anything preventive, you know. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. And that's going on now. That's not me, you know, pie in the sky, <clears throat> dreaming this up. Um, that is going testing and pilots are going on now. So, yeah. 
so I think that, I think it's real. I think it's here to stay. You know, um, if I were, if, you know, you, you were the CEO of Kodak and I'm your VP of sales, I'm saying, I think these digital things are, they're going to be a thing. They might work. work. So, so the interesting thing is, you know, remember Kodak's response was to get into the digital camera market. Um, and they launched their digital camera the exact same year that Apple launched this thing, which is a damn camera, a digital camera um, that is way better than, you know, the digital camera Kodak came out with. So their salvation ended up being the thing that killed them too. So I don't know where this is going, but I do know that it makes sense. Customers uh, uh, connect with it and will pay for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the supply, the dentists who are coming in, uh, they're millennials. I mean, this 51% of female dentists, they're millennials. And I can tell you they're, you know, th this is a thing that's important to them. So, yeah. um, so I don't know. That's my thoughts on the future of dentistry. I don't know if that helps or hurts or aligns with, you know, it, if I, if whatever, if Chris Griffin and I disagree, I, he's right. Let's go with him. <laughs> no, you know, uh, in all fairness, Chris. Uh, no, I, I do too. He's a, he's a dear friend of mine and we give each other a hard time constantly. And if there's one thing I know, he, he is acutely aware, if, that, if that's the proper term, he's very aware of what's happening. And, you know, from his, uh, I, I won't speak for him, um, but uh, he's very aware. And it's just a DSO model isn't for him. Uh, yeah. He's maybe yeah, yeah, a yeah. one practice, two practice kind of guy. In his own words, um, you know, I'm a one practice, two practice kind of guy. Maybe, maybe two practices. But, um, it, you know, it, different strokes for different folks. And, you know, is the independent dentist going to go away? Um, in some areas, yeah. I mean, you just won't see them. Um, in other areas, no. Um, you know, Oregon, Washington, um, I won't say a word about our neighbors to the south, but right. you know, to the east, Idaho, Montana, South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, Arizona, even Arizona. I mean, you know, there's, there's pockets everywhere that'll, that'll have independent dentists. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. Well, I, I think it ain't going to get any easier. You know, you're going to need more, you're going to need more and bigger balls than you've got now. You to need survive. to do things smarter. So here's, here's where I would agree. You can't, you know, you do a really great job of, uh, we, we've talked about this before. You do a really great job of, of teaching practice owners, analytics of how to gather data, how to use that data, make decisions, how to market better, how to be smarter. Um, I, I think that if you're going to be a sole practitioner slash practice owner, uh, business owner, you have to do those things. You have to learn those things or you got to pay somebody to do it. I don't think you can just say, I'm a dentist, hang a canvas sign on the side of the building and say free whitening, you know, come on and be a patient. I don't think you could do that anymore. You know, you could 20 years ago, you know, you could just be a dentist. Uh, you could do a lot of things. You could be a dentist. You could borrow a ton of money to build out a practice with nothing more than your diploma. You could hang a sign on the side of a building and patients start coming in and you got enough margin in it that, you know, it just works and you can have a pretty decent life doing that and, you know, not really work that hard. Not that, you know, dentists don't work that hard, but, you know, very few failed. Um, insurance came along, the economy came along, uh, um, large practices came along, which are going to come along. At some point, somebody's going to say, hey, why don't we lump all these together and let the docs be employees and leave at five o'clock? You know, how many of them would like that? Those things right. are just going to happen. And um, so I think Chris is absolutely right. I think you, I, I don't think practice, I don't think solo practitioners are dead, uh, but I do think you can't do the same thing you've been doing the last 20 years for the next 20 years. So I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. You have to adapt. I mean, you know, what, what you and I are doing today isn't what we were doing probably six months ago, a year ago, um, you know, in so many different areas. I mean, I'm constantly looking at what do we need to update? What do we need to change? What yeah. isn't working that was? And, you know, that's just good business sense. You have to be analyzing what's happening around you. What's going on in the industry? What's going on with marketing? Mm -hmm. That's an area that I pay a lot of attention to. Um, I don't like Facebook, but I won't deny that, you know, heck, I was one of the very first people to run ads on Facebook to get dental patients. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't do it today because <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like Google, but you know what? Every day I'm using Google. You know, they know what I'm searching for. Um, well, so I still print a, hey, I still print a magazine, man. And, 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 and dentists love it. In all of my surveys, they touch it, use it, and read it. But <clears throat> all, I, <clears throat> excuse me, all I can tell you is who I mailed it to. Online, I can tell you who visited, where they came 
from, what time of day. I can tell you if they were using an iPhone or an Android. I can tell you how long they were on. I can tell you what articles they read. I can tell you what videos they watched. I can tell you all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So my growth is there, but <clears throat> I, I really am respectful of the print magazine as my, my brand. But if I didn't do that, uh, we would die. I mean, we just, well, yeah, you just take a look around. There's been a lot of idiots that have made that mistake. Uh, I mean, a really a bad decision because they thought, you know, it's kind of like going from back in the day. I, I mean, I drug my heels going from cassettes to CDs. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I'm looking around going, okay, I'm the last guy. Now's the time to go. Right. right. Um, right. It's like CDs. I just ended, I just ended my CD production um, oh, in yeah. December. Um, and I, and I got complaints, um, yeah. but I ended the whole product line altogether. It right. was a lot like you're driving dentist series. I was like, you know what? I got to put my energy somewhere else. Yeah. And this, this has had a great run. I've been doing it forever, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's another area you got to look at. Like, you know, you mentioned earlier in another conversation we had about cosmetic dentistry. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I don't see anybody promoting cosmetic dentistry anymore. Why not? Why isn't anybody promoting instant orthodontics? It's just as valid today as it was 20 years ago when it was first discovered. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, what happened to all those things? What's old is new again. And man, if we just go back in our archives and look to see what we were doing, there's, there's gold in the old. And print, by the way, print's not, print's not going to die. No. Newspapers will slowly, yeah, they'll slowly die. That's a sales problem, in my opinion. And mm -hmm. I, right. You know, where, where's the sales activity going on to sell the newspapers, right? There, there aren't any. They have a website up. Look at Google. What is Google doing? They're mailing direct mail pieces to get people to spend money on Google. Right. Right. Well, it's, it's not Google's using Instagram to advertise Google. I mean, that's it's not either or. It's an, I think it's an and. I it, think is. It's a, it is. You have, to, you have to find the mix, the model <clears throat> that, that works. And at the end of the day, the model that works is the one that you enjoy doing. It you can repeat it, you can scale it, you can predict it, and you can make profit from it. Whatever that that's is, right. it can be a dollar, it can be a million dollars. But it's enough that more money is coming in. Money is, you know, profit is simply the measure of how efficiently you run your business. Mm -hmm. Money comes in, you spend it on a bunch of shit, money goes out, and whatever's left over, you get to either, you know, take it and take a vacation, or you get to invest it in the growth of your business. Right. And that's all that is. So, you know, um, I, so when I started off, you asked the question, I said, I think young dentists are smarter. I think they are. I think they... You know, I told you about um, uh, consulting. One of the, one of the, I always tease that I would I would talk to a dentist. And I would say, "Hey, uh, can I have a look at your P and L? Just send me your latest P and L." And they say, "Oh, I'll get that for you." Well, I think they're going to the front desk to get it. No, they call their accountant and give me their tax return. And I'll say, "Right. Well, that tells me number one, your book. You know, because you can you can accelerate depreciation and make less money and pay less taxes. You can. I want to know what cash is coming through this thing." They have no idea what you're talking about. They don't know what EBITDA is, earning before um, interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. It's profit. You talk to a young dentist who has, you know, they've got a degree from the University of Indiana um, Dental School, but they have a business degree from the University of YouTube. Man, they've been spending the last two years looking at everything about how to run a business, how to market. They've been following Jerry Jones. They've been, I mean, you know, they, they, understand that they're in business and they understand the numbers part of that. And I think that's healthy. I think that's strong. So they will, they will be the future sole practitioners, but it will not be, you know, what the a practitioner who now, what's the ADA say? 96% of dentists who reach 65 aren't financially prepared to retire. Um, holy crap, Jerry, I got, I got brothers that work at Ford. Um, they can retire at 65. You know, they got million and a half dollars in a, in a retirement plan, plus some. Um, the right. average dentist is about $24,000 when they're ready to, when they're 65. Um, mm -hmm. Young docs just aren't going to do that. So the future, I think, is also they, they respect the mind and have the mindset that I'm the business owner. I own this darn thing, and I need to put as much effort in that as being a really good dentist. I yeah. can't. I can't bank on being a good dentist being enough to get me, you know, 40 years to retirement, my wife being happy and, you know, um, uh, um, just gutting this thing out. Yeah, uh, you're right. I, there's just no chance. Um, and I, I, we had a conversation, one of my, uh, one of my folks here at Jerry Jones Direct had a conversation with a dentist, 67 years old, his building got, um, he was evicted from his building, the lease ended and he was evicted and he's farting around 
trying to figure out what he's going to do. It's like, right. well, he didn't just get the notice and evicted on the same day. Right. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, and, and that's, that's part one. Part two is you're 67. I don't see, I mean, there's, look, this is not me saying that you're 67, you can't do dentistry. It's just, you're not going to work at the same pace you did when you were 40 or 30. It's just right. physically impossible. So it's not like you're going to ramp up. So your best bet is to get really comfortable with where you are mm -hmm. and, and, you know, go look for a job, sell your 350 patients to whoever and go and go practice three, four days a week, make 700 bucks a day. Yeah. If you're spending to, to near zero, get rid of the big fancy house that you're making a big payment on. Go live, you know, go live like frugally so you can actually live in your retirement. Cause you, I mean, you're one stroke, one heart attack, one, you know, one pass out on a patient oh. and flip the drill through the, you know, through a cheek away from not practicing anymore. You're, you're one slip fall hip replacement from, from, from living and yeah. still needing an income and not being able to practice dentistry. Practice yeah. dentistry. Oh, yeah. And yeah. by the way, that, that tears me up. I mean, I, I get so angry oh, about yeah. that. You know, it's like, I feel horrible for them, but then I'm like, look, I mean, you've been staring in the mirror for how many years now? Yeah. You didn't take ownership of your shit, right? I, That's ultimately what it is. You didn't take ownership of your shit. And I think, uh, again, I think the dental industry is evolving and changing and the dental school industry is evolving and changing that, you know, Jerry, 20, 25 years ago, we couldn't do this. Uh, you would, no. you would subscribe to Woody and Travis's newsletter and that's where you would get information about retiring or selling or practice values or whatever. You know, the future of dentistry is now you can. It's in front of you. Now, mm -hmm. if you choose not to take it, if you choose not to, you know, my dad still has a flip phone. Let me rephrase that. He still uses a flip phone. He has two iPhones. He just doesn't want to learn how to use them. Um, right. But he loves to watch. The, he lives in South Florida. He's turning 80 this year. He, he wants to, you know, he loves watching the weather. So he turns on the weather channel. I'll say, if you just pick your iPhone up push that little button that says weather, you can tell everything there is. He goes, I, I don't know about that. You know, they might, that's my phone. They might not be right. You know, <laughs> from the weather channel, same people. So if you try to do what you've always done, you're, you're not going to survive this thing. But the resources are just so, you know, back to your question, the future of dentistry, the resources are so vast now. The opportunities, the career paths, the, the things you can do within your own practice, I think just make it a very, very, very exciting, lucrative um, time to be in, in dentistry, to be a practice owner and to be a dentist. If you just want to be a dentist, let somebody else worry about all that other crap. Awesome. It's a great time to do that. You couldn't do that 25 years ago. No, there were no DSLs 25 years ago. Who are you going to work for? You were stuck. You were, you were working as a, in a crappy associateship until you got your own thing and hopefully you could gut out the student loans in uh, the practice loan to do it, um, you know, but there was nobody to, to go work for and clock out at five o'clock and go to your kids' soccer games or tennis practice or, um, you know, there, there was none of that. So yeah. I, I'm very optimistic uh, about the options in dentistry. Uh, I do believe the growth of DSOs is a real thing, but I think it's a real thing for a reason. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a bad reason. And it's a bad reason for, for practice owners who don't want to change anything and want to do this for 10 more years. Yeah. Uh, can't do that. No, so, good luck. You're, it, you're going to lose, you know, right. if you want, if you keep pushing the way you've been doing, yeah. you're going to lose, you know, not knowing your numbers is, is a, is an obvious one, not answering your phones, yes. you know, thinking that you can get away with being open three days a week and employ somebody three days a week. Right. Good luck with that. Can't do it's that anymore. Yeah, yeah, you can't. No, that's, so that's my view. I don't know if that helps or hurts or. I, I love it. I mean, yeah, it, it, you know, you, you've added to the state of dentistry as, as it was, as it was presented in the latest 2019 edition, you've added to it. And I appreciate that. You brought a couple of uh, additional considerations or points that are not in here. Um, okay. And so I really appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate so, it. So you're saying I'm smarter than like Steve Anderson. I'm saying you're smarter than all the nine people. Well, that's and pretty awesome right there. I'm going to save that. Write that down. <laughs> Everybody you had uh, had in there, I'm, I'm thrilled to be even considered in that in their company. Uh, well, they're yeah. all great people, and, and you are as well, Steve, and I appreciate it. A lot that. of heavy hitters there, so I appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. Well, let's wrap this baby up. Uh, this has yep. been the Jerry Jones Direct Radio Show podcast with Mr. Steve Parker, the Profitable Dentist. 
Steve, before we go, um, mm -hmm. if folks don't know for some god-awfully stupid reason, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Let's say they've had their head in the sand for a while. Right. They don't right. know who the profitable dentist is. How do they learn more? Where do they go to find you, man? You can do a couple things. Uh, we have a sort of a hub of activity that's theprofitabledentist.com. Um, if you're interested in the magazine, that is actually at tpdmag.com, like theprofitabledentistmag.com. And that is a just the magazine. You can get about the last 10 years of articles, um, wow. sorted, indexed. You can, you know, if you want to search for Jerry Jones, you can get every article Jerry Jones has ever had in there. Um, but that's really, those are really the, the, the two key places. And, and we're, um, so our, our learning management system is rolling out. So we'll put all the courses that we've had over the last 30 years. Those will be available Ooh, uh, that's big. this year. It's about 5,000 pieces of content. Um, wow. So we're doing a lot of things. Our seminar uh, will grow to multiple seminars that are very micro focused. So mm -hmm. rather than coming to one big event with lots of things, where you get lost and decide to go deep sea fishing instead of spending Saturday in the event. Um, it's very micro focused where I promise you the, the speakers we have and the course content we have, you, you don't want to leave the room. Uh, so we've tried to really condense it and make it valuable. So you go back to your practice on Monday and say, I can start doing this stuff. And, and again, we focus on sole practitioners and, and even small groups. If you want to be that guy, that's like Chris Griffin, maybe two offices, maybe three, maybe one, you know, that's who we speak to. Every article we do speaks to you. So, um, you know, love to have you. And subscriptions are free. Um, sign up. You can get online only or you can still get print. So whatever you pick. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Go get the magazine, tpdmag.com or theprofitabledentist.com. Um, but yeah, get the magazines. They're so, they're, that's like a treasure of information. And I can't wait to see what you guys do with all those. I mean, cause man, I remember back in the day, the video cassettes, you know, um, gosh, some of the names I, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we have, we have, I got Howard Turan with hair doing, uh, you oh, know, uh, the first time he spoke. I mean, that was like his platform was the profitable yeah. dentist, man, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Gordon Christensen, I don't know how many times we, we, ended, we ended up in one year, um, for that. And that was going to be the summit to save dentistry. Um, and that turned into a pissing match between Rick Kushner and about five other people. So, you know, times, you know the, the people who are out there now, the Mark Costases and the, you know, the Gary Cady's and I mean, people who are, are, are really making things happen in dentistry. That's, you know, those are the people who are speaking at our seminars and are in the pages of the magazine. Yeah. Everyone except for Jerry Jones. No, I'm just kidding. Jerry's in there. <laughs> I'm teasing you. Hey, man. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Good time. I hope you had fun and I appreciate your time um, and sharing what, you know, what you what you see coming, what, you know, where you see developments in dentistry. And, and um, I think, you know, the discussions we had on the medical side, I think are really mm -hmm. super important. Um, I mean, it should give a doctor who, you know, is like, man, I, I just want to help people. I want to prevent. Yeah. I'm not, I don't just want to repair. I actually want to prevent. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, this is this is a huge opportunity. 20 years ago, I remember, uh, I don't know if it was Woody, I don't remember if it was Travis, one of them said, man, this is like the golden age of dentistry. That was probably 23, four years ago. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like the renewed, you know, golden age of dentistry because it's so, many, so much is happening so fast. It really so is. Fast. There's it's a lot to be optimistic about right now, being a dentist and a practice owner. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, Steve, thank you, sir, very much. And for my listeners, appreciate you tuning in once again to the Jerry Jones Direct Radio Show. Catch us on the next episode. Subscribe at iTunes. And if you are so inclined, we'd love to have your feedback as well. You can just mark the five star. If you got anything less than a five, reach out to me. Tell me, tell me what you think we can fix before you hit me with a one star. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you, Jerry. Bye-bye.